one. All right. Good evening and welcome to Succeeding as a Black Entrepreneur in the Music Industry, presented by Underground Music Collective. My name is Brandy Sims, and I will be your moderator for today's event. For those of you um, that are unfamiliar with this series or unaware of this series, we want to welcome you and thank you so much for being a part of this today. Um, what we plan to do during this event is really open up a, a full dialogue on the ins and outs of the music industry from the perspective of industry leaders, professionals, and entertainers in the space. So before I introduce our guests for today, I'd like to first allow our Underground Music Collective founder and CEO, Gerard Longo, just share a few words about the organization and how you can get involved. Thanks so much, Brandy. Uh, first of all, such a pleasure to be here with you all today. Thank you to everybody who registered to join us from all over the country. Really excited mm -hmm. about this, of course. Thanks to Brandy for moderating and all the fantastic work she's doing at Branding PR and to our panelists who you'll hear from. Underground Music Collective, we are a music publication and multimedia services company here in Nashville, Tennessee, and we have reached all over the country and world. We feature independent artists all the way up to emerging and national and global touring acts. And we are very excited about this panel series. We're looking for this to be the first of many. And if you want to support us, I have a way for you to do that. We are a fiscally sponsored project of the Arts and Business Council of Greater Nashville. And so I just flashed a graphic up on your screen. If you go to abcnashville.org donation slash donation slash UMC, you can donate to us. It is tax deductible to the fullest extent permissible by law. And that helps us do more things like this, provide more programming to you out there in the world, wherever you are in the music industry. So that's who we are, that's what we do, and I am going to throw it back to Brandy, who will introduce our panelists. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Gerard. So now on to our guests. So our first guest of the evening is Sydney Eugene of Learn MBE. Sydney is a music industry veteran that has worked with the major artists and labels such as Warner Brothers and Kanye West. Now, Sydney is teaching indie artists and small labels to think like a major uh, record and properly set up their business so that they can have a sustainable career. Sydney, welcome and thank you so much for being a part. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Our next guest is Sasha Walton. Sasha is a business strategist, international speaker, and CEO of SWI Management Group. It is her mission to help women, creatives, and music artists start and build businesses by providing strategic business, marketing, and branding practices for sustainable growth. Sasha has served as a business manager for various independent music artists for 15 years. Sasha, thank you and welcome. Our next guest is Vince Ashton. With a lifelong love for entertaining, recording artist Vince Ashton is fulfilling his wildest dreams. 2022 was a year of boasting success with his television debut on the Food Network show, The Great Chocolate Showdown, and his newly minted position as the official host of all College Park Georgia festivities. Vince has many memorable moments in his entertainment career. He has performed for former First Lady Michelle Obama, open for Grammy Award-winning um, artist, Monica, and become a recurring actor and dancer on the hit YouTube show, 
Face the Music. Vince, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yes. And last but not least, we have Laura Goldie. Hailing from Nashville, a town that has historically turned its back on the hip hop community, Laura Goldie exists in an authentic space that fuses underground hip hop, soul, and rock. Her mission is to create a doorway artists, producers, and musicians can go through to collab, do shows, and grow in the Nashville music scene on a worldwide level. She's an all-around hustler with a purpose. Laura Goldie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, without further ado, guys, let's jump into these questions for today. So my first question for you guys, what are some of the challenges you've encountered as a Black entrepreneur in the music industry? I know this is a good juicy one because as soon as soon as I ask, I see the looks go like this. Uh, mm, I got to think about this one. It was intentional. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, so, I, I guess I'll hop in. Uh, take it away. Somebody? I'm sorry. Yes, take it away. <laughs> take it away. I, I know for me as a hip hop artist in Nashville, it's just been hard um, getting events put together, doing events, just displaying uh we still trying to let the city know that hip hop is here and alive. You know, people come here from everywhere and they see it when they go off to other places. But it's like, you know, competing with country and everything else that we have here. It's like, you know, they, they don't want us here, <laughs> you know, but we fight every day to hit these stages, to put our music out and to let people know that we got to sing here. And it's a great one, too. Yes, yes. Um, I think for me. It's probably just making sure that you have the income, the finances to support um, and sustain everything that you're executing as an artist, especially if you want your material and your content to be of great quality, um, to be of great substance and, and premium. Just making sure that you have, again, that, that savings or whatever it is um, to make sure that the stuff that you are executing is top notch, that it can stand alone or even stand itself, stand with, you know, artists that are out there already. Um, so on and so forth. So yeah, I think that's probably one area for me. I will go next. And I would say for me, it's more so helping to shift the mindsets of artists to think like business owners so they can really navigate through the music business industry a lot easier and better and not get trapped up in a lot of the, the loopholes and the contracts and all these other things that so many people you know, just don't really look at it from a business standpoint. So I would say that's my issue, just shifting that mindset. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah, I think mine's right, similar Sydney, to that. Uh, I think mine's similar to uh, to what Sasha just said. It, uh, Sasha or Sasha? Chaka? Sasha. Sasha. Okay, nice. Uh, to what she just said, I think it's very similar uh, in regards to the mindset. It, it wasn't necessarily the mindset of artists. Uh, it was just the mindset of my peers. And maybe them looking at what they presume that was supposed to be, um, you know, and, and then me either proving them wrong or, or, you know, reinforcing those beliefs knowingly or unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it. I think for me, I never, I never, you know, my, my story is a little different because, you know, I started at Warner Brothers when I was 16. And so I, I, I think I, my perception of the business it was um, it was at such a higher level that I think I <clears throat> excuse me never really saw um, the the racial impact of it 
you know, face forward. Like I never really saw that because I'm dealing with the CEOs and the presidents and the VPs and they didn't get to that position, uh, you know, showing it, you know. So, uh, so I think for me, it was more so just the perception, like, you know, that people have that perception and then encountering it uh, and knowing how to handle it to, you know, to keep moving forward. Absolutely. Definitely some gems that are already being dropped here. And and you guys are right. Some of these challenges that we're speaking about today are certainly not new challenges. These are things that have existed and certainly create barriers to being successful. And what I want to know in my follow-up question to kind of what you guys have shared thus far is, you know, how did you overcome that? If that was your specific challenge or a, a challenge that you often found was presented to you, like, what, what do I do on the financial side? I'm having trouble raising enough money to be able to handle my business or hire people to help me with things. Like, what do I do here? And, you know, all those things that you guys have just mentioned, how did you overcome those, those challenges? Well, for me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, get in there. <laughs> Biggest a layered question. Um, so here in Atlanta, a lot of people has they have deemed me as the Renaissance man. So outside of you know doing music and entertainment and hosting, I have a cheesecake business, I have a photography business, I do a lot of things. Okay. And so with that being said, I have been privileged enough to barter services. So with you know, meeting great quality producers, great quality graphic designers, great quality event planners, like yo, I want to do an event. At your venue, I may not have the money, but I can provide some cheesecakes for you at your next wedding. You get what I'm saying? So like, those are yes. some angles that I sort of had to like present just to barter those services. You scratch my back, I scratch yours off. Um, and then I also am a firm believer of paying your dues. Um, just making sure that you do work the Chitlin circuit, making sure that you go to the unpopular venues, get that notoriety, get your name out there. And once you build that catalog, once you build that resume and you can start um, acquiring your own booking fee, um, you know, go ahead and initiate that so you can make sure that what you're bringing in in terms of a musicianship that you're putting it right back out. You're using that money. So, um, yeah, I think those are the two things that came to mind. Mm. <laughs> Very good, though. I mean, you got some points there. Yes. Who who else wants to jump in here? Uh, well, I'll, I'll address mine. I think this is beautiful. I love the different perspectives, and it's really remarkable that uh, that we're on this panel together. Uh, so, yeah, I think for me, it was because remember, mine is the perspective of others, uh, because obviously you see this person of my complexion on Music Row, uh, and it's a little bit different. Um, so for me, it was overcoming their perspective of what that was supposed to look like. You know, um, one of the stories I have is there was an artist that we were going to do a deal together and it was a substantial deal. And the day before the deal, I guess they were panicking. They really wanted to do a deal with Sony Red. And I think they were thinking, we got to make sure we do everything right so that we get this deal. And literally the day before the deal, they call me and say, uh, the artist called me and said, look, uh, my mom wanted me to call you and tell you don't let the black guy scare you off. Uh, you know, uh, just make sure the black guy doesn't ruin our deal because he's kind of our flavor flave. You know, he he thinks he's white, but, you know, he he's the black guy. So we don't want that to ruin our chances with you. Mind you, they had never met me. <laughs> so uh, so when I showed up, it was really remarkable how they, you know, try to reframe and regroup and put the whole thing together. For me, it was, well, you're down here with your perspective, your perspective of me and what you consider, you know, music to look like. But for me, it was not even acknowledging it. 
I walked in there, I went in and did my business just like another person. It was no other conversation about, oh, well, where's the black guy? You know, if we're not the black guy, you know, Mm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so I think it was just overcoming it in the sense of realizing that perspective was so low, like they had a, a really limited view of humanity. And so I was just able to be an example of what it looks like uh, when you when you don't fall into the quotations, you know. And so for me, it was just still rising to the occasion, still being there, still showing up, even if someone did say, hey, don't let the black guys, because some people would have not showed up. They'd say, oh, you know what? Well, I'm black. And you know what I'm saying? And, and it wasn't any of that. It was like, OK, I won't let that black guy scare me off. But I'll see you guys tomorrow at seven. And, you know, still moving forward, it still did the deal, still helped the artist. He's doing great now. And so, uh, yeah, I didn't let something like that get in the way. Yes. Well, it sounds like you you approached it in in the way that you knew best, which is I'm going to be myself and I'm going to show up every single time. So regardless of what you guys have going on, this is this is who I am. This is what I'm about. And and going from there and being so people are surprised by that authenticity. If you just show up as yourself, you'd be surprised how many people are just gravitate just because of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that personality, that's what we, we gravitate towards people, that, that authenticity, that genuineness. We go up to that as opposed to the compose and, oh, it's supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be anyway. You can be this way or you can be that way or you can be a little bit of both or whatever. That's kind of my day. Most most days is, hey, we're going to see what what happens. OK, but yes, I really like that. OK, so which one? Sasha, you want to jump in? Lord Goldie? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to jump in real quick. Yeah. So I was going to say just kind of piggyback on what you just said. I mean, it that's what it is. It's about being authentic. It is showing up. I know that's how I'm overcoming it because I'm coming in with a new narrative that a lot of people aren't talking about. You don't find a lot of people talking about entrepreneurship and music business, you know, from that perspective, like trying to shift those mindsets of artists to think in that way to handle their business better. And so, you know, it's not a common thing. So yes, I have to go into these rooms. I have to go to these artists and say, look, you know what, this is what it is. Show up as myself. Don't shrink back about it. Don't even waver in what I believe will help them. And even in my own personal life, you know, just showing up to even what I'm doing right now, you know, that makes all the difference. So just being an example and leading in that, and then just showing them how they can do it. And then just break down the process you know, once I talk to you, you know, we're good. But, you know, it's just like getting across that barrier. And once they see it, then, you know, it's all good from there. Mm. Yes, yes. I, I like that. Yes. But for me, it was just, you know, keep pushing, um, build relationships with people who have venues or people who know people with venues to, you know, continue to put on platforms for hip hop artists and R&B artists in the city, you know, um, Man, <laughs> it's all about relationship here, honestly. Yes. You know, that's how we uh, was able to change people's mind. And like, oh, okay, since I, I was fortunate enough to get with a live band, um, get with a band, their name is Muja, and we have been able to go on platforms like normally we wouldn't be able to go on to, you know what I'm saying, some of the biggest venues around town. So uh, that made people that was over the venues or over the book and be like, well, since y'all doing this, then I guess we can book more hip hop. You know what I'm saying? I know it's a difference in a lot of the hip hop we do in the city, but at least we open their minds up to, you know, letting us in. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you shared that too, because that ties directly into what Vince was saying earlier about relationships. You know, you have to start making those connections early, especially when you're so early in your career and you're not quite in like necessarily like kind of what Sydney was mentioning, where he was already working with Warner Brothers. A lot of people don't get to that point. Um, Some have to, you know, kind of be around the space or at least work their way in or try to be around it. Or I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you're not quite there yet, but you want to get there. So how do you get there? Relationships. And I'm sure Sydney, you could say even in getting in the position that you got in, it was some kind of relationship to get you to that point. So for those that have not gotten there, that's probably the first thing you need to start looking at when we talk about overcoming those barriers is what are you doing with your relationships? You know, it's not just a a team of one. It's a team of people. You need people around you and you need to find that support. No, obviously you can't afford to, um, especially in the very beginning, you can't afford to pay the six figures for your personal assistant. We're not talking about that. We're talking about just getting basic help. And guess what? I scratch your back, you scratch mine. You have, I have a service, you have a service, and we could be collaborating in that way. That is one of the easiest ways to get things moving, at least being productive in it versus just sitting around in a circle. Oh, how am I, I going to come up with a six-figure salary? I, I can barely get, you don't. Not when you're just getting started. Let's work on those relationships and networking, getting, making those meaningful, valuable connections and just start going from there. And that is progress. And that is worth something. And it's worth celebrating too. So I'm glad that y'all, y'all, y'all t- touch base on that. Cause that's an important thing, building those relationships too. Cindy, do you want to add something also? There? Yeah, I do want, I do yeah. want, cause you touched on something that was really uh, something I think it also speaks to you know, what you see going in. And so for me, being at that level coming in, I, I saw some, I had some great examples. Uh, and, and for me, I had the same, I had the same, you know, misconception. I thought, you know, I was on Music Girl doing country music, you know, I don't think I did one urban deal, you know, while I was, you know, with a major until I, you know, started contracting with Sony Red, then I could do my own plays, but I still don't think we did an urban deal. Uh, so, so the thing is, I had examples. I had, I think about Anthony Smith, one of the first people that I met at Warner Brothers watching this guy. This guy had 40, uh, you know, uh, 33, uh, three, top 40 hits. Okay, I don't miss with the numbers. Three top 40 hits by the time I met him. He had 250 recorded songs. And he's a brother, you know, he's what you would say was a black man, you know, but his his songs were, uh, you know, Loretta Lynn, you know, uh, all of Faith Hill, obviously, Tim McGraw. I mean, all of these legends that were recording his music. And so I think seeing that, realizing that, hey, wait a second, he didn't let his complexion stop him. You know, like this dude has 250 recorded songs like he's given us country hits, but he doesn't really look like a country artist or a country performer or even a country songwriter. Mm. So I think seeing those examples, having these successful people in our industry kind of, you know, kind of pat me on the back or be close to me, uh, you know, showed me that, oh, okay, this is very possible. It's just not something that's on the main stage, you know? Uh, I also really quickly wanted to um, chime into what you just said, Brandy, I'm about, Um, creating those relationships. Once you have established and created those relationships, do not be afraid to ask for help. That is something that I had to recognize and acknowledge with myself. 
I like to be a one-stop shop. I like to have everything in-house. I will learn how to create my own graphics. I will learn how to book myself. I will learn how to do my own contracts. I will learn. I have learned. However, when you do reach to that certain level where you see the manifestations off of the structure you have built and things sort of, you know, get out of whack for you, it's like, yo, I, I need help. And you just got to be real with yourself and say, yo, let me ask for help. So get through those contacts and your phones, your Facebook, Indeed, Instagram, whatever you are on and start initiating those conversations. Um, For me, it was fear. I'm just going to be honest. I was fearful of asking for help. I didn't want to appear weak or I didn't want to even assume that the people that I'm asking for help are industry professionals as well. Maybe they're too busy. Maybe they won't be interested. Well, you never know. Until you ask, okay? And if they say no, then you go to the next person, but at least you asked. And I think even you asking, um, you know, you start affording yourself the discipline to have those conversations, to put yourself in those those, those, those conversations and engaging with people, um, which I'm sure is going to pay off in the long run anyway. So at any rate, with all that being said, don't be afraid to ask for help. <laughs> No, I'm glad that you said that. Yes, go ahead, go ahead. And real quick, and and be strategic with what you're doing, you know, with the relationships, with the processes that you're doing. You know, don't be afraid to think outside the box when it comes down to, you know, raising funds or, you know, even going into other lanes. Like what Sydney was just talking about, I think that's phenomenal when people can think outside the box and take your, your craft into a whole different lane where there's an audience waiting for you. So it's like not being afraid to do any of those things. And um, yeah, and just be strategic. Strategy is everything, you know, in any industry, whatever you're doing, when you're being strategic with the little that you have, it makes it look like it's so much more. And then you start to bring more people in, like with those partnerships and those relationships, and you could go further and they will too. So that's all. We could go ahead and move on now. But yeah, I said, oh, yes, no. <laughs> you are all good. Cause I like this. And, and, and this yeah. is a really important part of this too. It's building essentially your tribe when you're mm-hmm. first getting started, because that's what you're essentially doing is you're building your tribe. You're building your point person. This is going to be my PR until I can get an agency or this, or this is going to be my management until I can get this or stick with that person. You, you get what I'm saying with that is you're building your tribe and you're building those around you that are going to help you grow. But in turn, you're helping them grow in whatever it is that they're working on as well. So I think that collaboration aspect is an important thing. And especially, especially in the entertainment industry where we see so many times where it's very territorial. And I was going to add in there after what you had said, Sydney, too, because there is that that um, that culture and that attitude. This is mine. And I'm the only one that's going to be on this one. Or if, if it's comedy, I'm the only black one here. Or if it's a singer, I'm the only black singer here. And so on and so forth. And you hear stories about those things oftentimes. And it, and you, it makes you wonder, why is it that in 2023, we're still approaching it in this way and behaving in this way when we know that when we have a good team behind us, we can do some amazing, amazing things. I mean, heck. Riri, Sunday, killed it. A team effort. She did her thing. Don't get me wrong, but her makeup artists, the dancers, background vocals, the people that set up the stage, all of those were a part of making that experience so successful, so engaging and so memorable. Mm -hmm. And at no point 
is Riri probably sitting there thinking, of course, now she's a she's a billionaire. She's not thinking, oh, well, I'm going to be the sound person and I'm going to be the person building this up. And I'm no, she said, I'm going to stay in my lane because this is what I do. I got this part, but I've got a team behind me like this is this person and, and so on and so forth. So I feel like that co- collaboration effort is so important. But you do see and you hear in entertainment about that, just that very territorial attitude. What, where do you guys think that that comes from? Is it the lack of representation? Ooh, Vince, your eyes got big. What, go ahead well, and say, well, I, and I, Sydney, I, I feel like you're going to say something yeah, too. You use the right word. You use the right word. Is it territorial? No, but you know, the words yeah. you use with the L, you said, you um, said lack. Lack. You said lack. Uh-huh. It, and it, it's not, and it's not the, the, the lack of opportunity. It's a lack mindset. Mm. It's the, that there's only enough for for me, you know, like I, there's not enough for me to share. And so what I've seen is that people that have that limited lack mindset, they normally don't do very well in our industry because mm-hmm. you don't rise to the top without sharing what you're making. Like you have you need to share what you're making. Like that's the only way it works. And so if you have that lack mentality where it's, you know, I can be the only one here, then you're, li- you're really limiting yourself in the opportunities. You're, you're not going to get very far because you're you're stopping people that are there really to help you move forward. So I think, yeah, having that abundance mentality and realizing there's plenty to go around, because even when you talk about Rihanna, I'm sure Rihanna, being from where she's from, the small little area, wasn't limiting herself in her belief of the color of her skin or even her gender or where she comes from. She saw that this world was open to her and that she could be and have whatever she could imagine. And so I think like opening yourself up to that and you realize there's more, there's enough to go around. So, you know, when someone sees that there's only one, they say, oh, well, that's mine. But my belief is that if you really desire it, another one will be created out of thin air just for you. You know, so some somewhere from some some source, it will come for you. So it's just a matter of realizing that and say, hey, the one that you didn't get, that was for the other person. Now start working on where yours comes because it's divine timing. It's just a matter of yes. being prepared for it, you know. So, so yeah, I think that lack is a big thing. It's, I mean, and Goldie, uh, Lord Goldie, I really... Um, I sympathize with you or empathize with you rather because I was on Music Row trying to make something happen for hip hop. Like we were trying and and the only thing we could get and, and then we didn't even get that was rock and roll, but they made the rock and roll still have to sound like country. Country, you know? I lost us. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it wasn't really until, you know, Nelly uh, and the Lunatics, you know, they did that country record. And then obviously, um, you know, we had some other collaborations uh, that put, you know, the whole, okay, it's okay to have a little urban sound. Uh, mm-hmm. But even then, you know, Music Row was still like, eh, you know, we don't know about all of that. So, uh, so yeah, I really I really get what you're saying. And, uh, and the territory is a big thing there in regards to the type of music you're making. Yeah, you know, I appreciate I, I, you. Oh, I was going to add too, um, just to kind of really be real about it. It's that crab in the barrel mentality. Mm. Um, you know, Stay it's in. like when you're going up and you just keep pulling yourself down, or pulling other people down, and that's where that territorial part comes in at. And I mean, just to be real, like we operate, our culture does operate in that manner. And so, to overcome that, you really do need to look at it in your ready to build these partnerships. You're ready to, you know, just open up your eyes and your mindset towards all the possibilities and opportunities, like Sydney said, to even be in abundance and that abundance come with a team effort. I like to say, I got to say, like crabbing the barrels, we talk about that, but I like to say, let's be like ants. Ants come together Mm -hmm. and they build up. 
you know, they use, they're so small, but they're powerful in what, in who they are, not who they are, but in what they are. And, you know, and they grow. And then next thing you know, you got this mountain, mound of sand, whatever, but they pull in the resources together. They build up and everything. And then when they have, they have, you know, we all watch Ant Story, you know <laughs> So, I mean, and it's true about the characteristics of that. So just think about it. Just think of like an ant and just grow and grow your team and just forget about the whole crap in the barrel mentality. It's like, do something new. It's 2023 now. Hello. And and that goes back to what's been mentioned before is that mindset. You've said it, Sydney, you've said it. Vince, all of you have really honed in on that part of it. And oh, Vince, what you got? Because this yeah. is a really, this, this has been a hot item. And I don't know if you guys have seen this come out recently, but there was an interview about George Lopez on this very topic. And that is the territorialness in Latinos in entertainment and having that same conversation of there's this crabs in a bucket or or a barrel mentality of this is my space. This is where I'm doing. And no, I'm not putting you on. No, I'm not helping you in this. You got to figure, I had to figure it out my way. So you got to figure it out Mm -hmm. your way. And um, it came from an interview with George Lopez where he kind of echoed those comments and it's been kind of a hot topic in, in entertainment, but I thought it was interesting, you know, that we we still have that same issue even for the black community in black culture. Definitely, yeah, I I, I definitely see um, where jo- George Lopez is coming from. I guess two things. So I guess speaking from the standpoint from George Lopez, us, you know, being a minority, um, you know, marginalized community, so on and so forth, because we are so few far in in rare and in between to like you know have seats at the table to be in these conversations to make these these calls to you know be executive so on and so forth when you do have that one person and they have persevered for x amount of years i can understand why you just want to hold on as tight as you can to it because you don't pay your dues. You get what I'm saying? So I I get that space, but I think we do have to evolve our mindset. And I love the word that we've been using this entire night. We do have to evolve your mindset so we can start changing the color and the trajectory of these meetings, of these tables, of these concerts, of these shows, and you're bringing more people, you know, with you. So you won't be alone. Um, because I also feel that, you know, um, we can do more united than divided, like Sasha said about the answer, whatever. So, yes, you may be the, the only black person at the table right here. But imagine if you have three or four brothers and sisters along with you, then now you won't have to worry about adversarial conversations and feeling like you automatically on the chopping block because of the color of your skin. When you got three, four other five people with you, you get what I'm saying? And you can stand yes. united together. So I will say that thing number two. Um, I like what Sydney said about having that abundant mentality. I think that's mm-hmm. really, really good. Um, and the, the the mentality of coming from lack, if you will. I think right now, a lot of people, especially in our community, due to social media, have a skewed mentality. There mm-hmm. is a phrase that is irritating the Jesus out of me, this booked and busy. Let me tell you something. You are not booked and busy. You are sitting at home at 6 p.m. eating hot funyuns, watching First 48 like everybody else. But you have, like, believed it to the point where you, you're you not even approachable. Mm-hmm. Like, even if, you, even if I wanted to reach out to you and inquire help, get some inspiration, get some advice or whatever, all I see is you tweeting, I'm this, I'm that. No, you're not. You're not doing all that. You 
what I'm saying? And I think if we sort of stop getting out of this, you know, fantasy world that, you know, we're 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 right here and this, that, and the third, because this is the thing for me. I am extremely blessed to to have a lot. I've accomplished a lot, but I don't put that out there. And I think because I don't put that energy out there, then I'm able to to be for others as I would like them to be for me. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And people that I feel operate under that booked and busy mindset is like it's the complete opposite. You get what I'm saying? So I think you we have to just we 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 got to we got to watch that mindset and we got to make sure even though it's a cute coin phrase to use right now that you are not fully buying into it unless you really are because the reality of it you are shutting yourself off from helping people or even getting help that you may need to become booked and busy. Let's be real. Yeah, and and look Vince Vince if you don't mind I'd love to say this to that. It's not just on social media. Mm-hmm. It, the skewed mindset transcends into reality. You know, people take that social media and presume it to be real. And then yeah. they really, they really act like that in real life. And so you're spot on, man. And, and I think it's, I think it's remarkable for me in a sense, because I was raised without all of that. Like I was raised in a household where we couldn't watch TV. We weren't allowed to have any real out access to the external aspect of our existence. You know, we were, we were pretty much raised to create our own from the inside. And one of the one of the sayings that I got was that the, the inner world creates the outer form. And so basically we were taught to 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 live inside of ourselves. And so then we came to dealing with people in the external world. You could see the skewed point of views. You, you could see that skewed like, wait a second, what do you even think? People are just reciting things because someone else said it or they oh, well, this was on the news. So it's got to be correct. Or, you know, I heard this from a trusted source that I've never met you know, social media, social media, and they had a hundred thousand likes. So this is mm-hmm. probably something that I should just regurgitate uh, to you in conversation when it's not coming from an internal place, it's coming from an external source. So, so I think that really speaks to it too. It's not just on social media. Those are real people on social media, putting, put posting those skewed points of views. So it's, yeah. it, these are really real people who believe this. Like when you meet them, you're just like, Oh, you only live online, right? Like you, 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 you don't deal with humans often, you know, but, but there was, there was something that you said, uh, Brandy in regards to that rising above, and that um, how do we overcome that really, I think, is still just sticking with me. And the thing I get from that is to make yourself um, invaluable, like to make it. That's the reason they still did the deal with me, even though they said, hey, don't let the black guy scare you off. I was invaluable to them. They weren't getting the deal without me. You know, you make yourself irreplaceable so that people have no choice but to come to you. And the, the other thing I think is remarkable about what Sasha said about the ants. Ants don't try to be bees. Ants don't try to go to, mm. you know, beetles until actually ants are in the beetle family. But you get what I'm saying. They don't try to go to <laughs> spiders and say, hey, you know, you need to try and, you know, let us into your spider community. Yes. You know, and, it, and it's they're just building their own. And I think this was the Kanye gripe that everybody has. Like, why is he trying to convert other people to his beliefs? It's like, bro, if you believe what you believe, you act and move in that. And the people who uh, agree with that vibration will will be brought to you, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's the thing is like so many times we want it. You know what I used to say on Music Row when people gripe and complain about Music Row, like, well, Warner won't let me in. Universe won't let me in. Sony won't let me in. I'm sitting inside. And what I always would say was, if you want your car to fly, you should buy a plane. OK, so while you're trying to tell us how this car should work, 
it's working the way it works. It's not going to change. It's a four-wheel vehicle on the ground. But you want it to fly and meet your expectations. You need to go look at a plane. You need to go build a plane. You need to find a way to to manifest what it is you presume to be your reality. But it's not getting these execs to come down to your, you know, your point of view. You know what? It's working for them. You know, it's like everybody's happy. No one's complaining. The ship is moving. But if you have a problem with it now, it's starting to look at, well, what's wrong with you building your own? And that's why we all go back to that famous conversation with Sway and Kanye when Sway was like, yo, just do it yourself. You know, why are you trying to get these other people to, to play your game? Why don't you just do it yourself? And so I, I really think that's smart, just kind of doing your own thing. And I'm not talking about segregation or anything like that, but I'm just saying ants don't look at spiders and say, hey, you guys need to let us in. You know, ants handled their business and they and they run their communities the way they do. And they're prosperous because they're living for the purpose of an ant. You know, they're not trying to to fly like a bee, you know. So. Um, so, yeah, hopefully that hopefully that's OK. No, it was perfect. It was perfect. And I feel like this ant illustration was spot on for what we're talking about and what we're dealing with. Because it is in that sense that we want to be building, we want to be growing, but we got to work together. And it's no sense trying to be something that we're not stick to what we we do, what who we are, and the rest will happen. It will, but you have to be consistent in there. You know, we can give you all this advice, but it, it, at the end of the day, it's up to you to actually do something with it. And that I feel like is a big thing for people too. It goes back to mindset. It's like, I can give you all the advice. I can give you the books or the tools, the emails, the newsletter, all this other thing. But if you're not going to put anything to action, I mean, it's not going anywhere. So it's like, at the end of the day, it goes back to your mindset and putting those words, those things that you want to do it, put it to action, start getting creative. I think we've all seen kind of the the stories that come out of deals being made because uh, somebody was persistent on an Instagram DMs and um, I made a song for this particular person. I knew they were going to be there. So I did this just being thinking outside of the box and getting the attention that they're looking for, just being themselves, but really thinking outside of the box. And I love that you said that, Sydney, that you you have a lot of folks that are trying, you're trying to bring these execs down to you, and that's not how this is gonna work because they're gonna be moving regardless, with you or without you, and that's the reality. You have <laughs> to think outside of the box. You cannot try to apply techniques 20 years ago that no longer apply now. We in the digital world, and you gotta get with it. <laughs> you got to get creative. And I've seen some pretty cool creative stuff too. <laughs> and, and I want to add, I mean, one of the best things I always view independent music artists, like there is so much power and control that you really do have as an independent music artist that like Sydney, you know, like you just said, don't try to bring the executives down to you, you know, create that line. You are all operate in a label frame of mind. You know, you're already a label you're already doing everything the label is doing. You know, the only difference is they have more money. They have more human capital. That's the only difference. But when you operate in that sense and start to, everything we just talked about, about the partnerships and being strategic, and when you start to build that process for yourself, go ahead and get your LLC and everything else and make it official. It's not that hard to do. Just make it official label and then run it. And then you have your own thing. We've seen Chance the Rapper do it just as mm. an independent artist. We have so many other artists out here that's doing, and then you got mainstream artists that's like, no, I'm tired of this. I'm ready to go indie and handle their own business. There you know, you I have a book called Beyond Music and there's a quote in there that says an educated artist creates leverage. When you educate yourself, 
when you continue to learn, when you continue to think outside the box, be creative, work with these partnerships and everything else, everything that we've talked about, you can actually move in that lane and have more power than that label because you have control of your own stuff, mm. you know, and, and that's really where it's at. You know, you just have to, once again, shift that mindset. There you go. And see, that's the perfect segue into my next question for you guys, because we haven't really gotten into the entrepreneur side of things. So I want to I really want to talk about that. So how does your experience as a black entrepreneur inform your perspective approach um, towards your work? Question, Sasha. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll take it. If, Are you I thinking about letting it go first? Go ahead, I don't think my answer is. I don't think my answer is the answer. You know, it's not a very good answer. You know, uh, but it's truth. It's the truth for me. So, just in my authenticity, I'm just I'm going to give you my answer. But yes. um, believe me, it's lightning in the bottle. So, um, so the thing is. For me, I never was allowed to see that. So I was raised in a very unique way with Black Panther beliefs. And my dad, first book I ever read was the uh, autobiography of Malcolm X. And I read Frederick Douglass books and all of these Marcus Garvey and never bought me a toy, but he bought me a ton of books, you know. And so I read all of these. And so this is what I learned. And it, it was so much power. He never showed me anything weak. He just showed me a bunch of strength. And so all I saw was wow, we're so strong. We're so powerful. We can do whatever we want to do. So I don't think I ever, I ever looked at it like that. I don't think I ever looked at my career as to, okay, how, how does this, this, my, how does my complexion affect my ability to perform? Mm -hmm. I think I live in such a spiritual life and I hope you guys are okay with this, but living such a spiritual life, you learn, and obviously I'm human. We're all, you know, human, but you learn that, you know, it's somewhat like an iceberg. It's like, you are actually more spirit than you are flesh. And even though your skin is the largest organ, it pales in comparison to where you are spiritually. And so living that life, I asked myself, you know, what color is my spirit? You know, what color am I on the inside? And so I think those things never got in my way. And, I, and, I, and you see like the super successful people that had to deal with it. But for some reason, it never was a thing for them, like the Tiger Woods, like the, you know, Venus and Serena, like all of these people who knew that the world saw them that way. But I think if they had seen themselves that way, we wouldn't have them. I know for a fact, if I had saw myself as a black man on Music Row, I would have never I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have went from Universal, you know, from Warner to Universal and then even looked at Sony. You know, I wouldn't have even thought that was possible for someone like me because there was no one like me doing it. You know, that I'd never seen that. So I think it's I think it's super important to to not um, let that get in the way, to not let that be a barrier, especially for us. If someone told me once, they said, look, you got to be your own cheerleader because the world will root against you. And so the last thing you want to do is is root against yourself or give yourself a, a disability based off of someone else's perception of what you're supposed to do based off of the color of your skin. So I just feel like it's very challenging um, for me to answer that question because I didn't even see that, that I was black in that essence. Like what I did see was people perceived me to be black and I had to rise above their perception, but I never made my calculated moves based off of, okay, what would a black exec do? Mm. Okay, what 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 would a black how would a black exec negotiate this deal? I wouldn't have had those deals. A black exec would have never even been in those positions. Mm. Uh, you know, but but a very good, powerful exec, someone who was listening and paying attention to what's taking place in our community could be in those positions. 
you know, and so so I just presented my my own. We each write our own story. Don't you dare let somebody write your story. Don't you dare let yeah. somebody put you in a group of mm-hmm. people and say, that's your story. You know, don't you dare do that. You know, you write your own script. If someone tells you, well, all the people that look like you are going that way, you got a good reason to go the opposite direction. You're going to stand out over here. You're going to be the main person. It's going to be amazing for you over here. It may mean you have to clear out your path, but guess what? The reward is in the journey. And it's really Mm -hmm. fulfilling to clear out a path when you turn around and look how beautiful it is paved and how many more people can come behind you. You know, it's really an awesome thing. But yeah, so for me, I never I never saw myself as that and certainly didn't make any decisions uh, as that. But hey, you know, we live in the real world. And obviously on Music Row, there were only two people of my complexion that were in executive positions. And the other person certainly saw himself as that because he didn't take the opportunities. He was saying, oh, well, they will never let, you know, that happen, you know. Uh, But here I am. and And it happened, you know. I feel like you brought up such a good point, too, because I feel like there's been some recent articles that have come out. Um, Nia Long spoke about this. Idris Elba spoke about this. And really what it focused on on was that they didn't want to be spoken to or or presented as, oh, I'm just a black actor or I'm a black actress. I'm just an actress. I'm a good actress. I'm this. But why do I always have to be limited and confined into this one space? Because once you do that, then that's all I can do. And, and really expressing and sharing those challenges that each of them have had in their career where that was related to that. So I feel like that kind of what you're saying in that point, it kind of ties into that that idea and that viewpoint of are we limiting ourselves in this way when we're only referring to ourselves as this and then kind of presenting as that, oh, well, what can a, a black person do? Oh, well, then I can only do this much. It, it kind of goes back to what we've been talking about throughout this entire event is mindset and shifting that mindset. If you put yourself in a box, you'll always be there. You have to think outside of that. If I'm all, if, and, and I love the Serena Williams one, because you're, you're exactly right in the sense that if they would have just thought of themselves as, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a black tennis player. Like I'm, I'm not going to ever get, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just this just even saying that I'm just this, then that's all you'll ever be. And no, Mm -hmm. it will never go beyond just that. So it's really about shifting that mindset. If you, if you are the best at what you do, then you better shout it on the rooftops. Okay. Then and show up. (laughs) Don't just say it. I have to clarify because we talked about social media just a little while ago too. No, you need to show up though. (laughs) Don't just do that. Y'all heard that part. Okay. <laughs> Sandra, I feel like you want to say, do you want to jump yeah, in there too? I this was is so ask, good. Like, like for me, I value diversity. Yeah. You know, I would say some of the challenges that I had was really within my own culture, you know, and, and just really dealing with other business owners like myself and entrepreneurs. So it's not always well received because, you know, you're being looked at, you know, that's just, I mean, that's what we do. A lot of times if you're women, you're going to observe the other female, what they're doing. Sometimes your followers are there just to be lurkers, you know, to see what you're doing and see how they can, you know, do it better. And which I don't, you know, I'm not worried about all that stuff, but at the same time, some of my greatest opportunities came with outside of my culture. So when you value that diversity and you're thinking outside the box, you're not limiting yourself because you could still be who you are and represent the best of who you are, being a black man, black woman, whoever, and still navigate in other rooms as that person. 
And, and it's the respect. It's all about how people view you and how you're projecting yourself out to them. And so when you're doing that and you're navigating that space and being the person, being authentic in who you are and being real, you allow people to see you for who you are. And when they like that, no matter who they are, that's what they're going to gravitate to you. So I would say I've had clients from India, you know, all kinds of minorities, everyone I work with. And I love it. I love it all. And and I just I always try to tell other people that, you know, it's like, yeah, don't be worried about. Yes, we support each other. Definitely do that. But there's a whole nother group of people out here that's mm-hmm. ready to buy your products and brand. You know, it, even if you got a product, make it for them. Change yeah. the labels. That's all you got to do. No need go. to argue about, you know, this company doing this, doing back history. No, you do the same thing and get, and that's how you branch off and, and you bring more in. It's the same thing for music artists. Like I said, I mentioned earlier, when you think outside the box and you go over that line, you know, regardless, you know, we see people do it. Run DMC did it with, um, you know, the, the rock band that they had. Like so many different people have done that and it's still making millions, you know, off of royalty. So, it's there. We just have to think outside the box. We have to know that, yes, it is about us, but it's about everybody else too. And keep that mindset and you'll go further. Mm-hmm. And I piggyback on you, Sasha, with that. I, I didn't cut yes. you off there, Vince. Oh, no, no, no. Because, I'm finished. <laughs> because, because Sasha just landed that one. That's something I live by every day. Every obstacle of my path, I created. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta take ownership for those. You know, it's like, hey, it's not that exec's fault they don't like your music. It's your fault that you want that exec to like your music. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You're creating the obstacles. I I look at it that I created every obstacle in my path. And that way, I know I'm the one that can resolve them. You can create them and you can fix them. They're there for you to learn and to leap over. So when she said that, I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I live. Like, thank you so much for saying that, Sasha, because she's she's saying like, yeah, I'm responsible for for mine, you know? And yeah, Mm -hmm. when you take that responsibility and don't give it away to some third party or someone else's perspective, it's it's such a a reviving, like a freeing thing for you, a liberating Mm -hmm. thing, I think is the word. It really is. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, again, so many gems being dropped and we only have think about less than 10 minutes. So I want to jump into some of these questions that we have from our audience. And of course, those of you that are watching too, um, now's the time you heard me 10 minutes left to get all this amazing advice and insight from professionals that have been doing this. Now is the time. This is the last call. I'm just letting you know. Okay. So I have one question in here uh, for one of our audience members, and it is from Jerova. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, And the question is, what do you do when you have a difficult client that is making your blood boil because they're treating you like you're beneath them? How do you handle the emotions? Who wants to take that one? I mean, do you have to have the money or not? (laughs) You know, how do you how did you write your contract? Because if you have a clause in there that you can get out of it, do it. You know, but no, really, though, I would say the first thing to do is really be patient with them. But find a way of communicating with them. You know, don't communicate on their level. You know, still be heart centered with because at the end of the day, it's about reputation. You don't want them to go run into Google about you and your service. But, you know, you want to handle them, handle that experience correctly. And if if you have to go throughout your contract with that person, write it out, go ahead and end it, you know, when you can. But going forward, make a make a clause in your contract that helps you to get out of it early 
if you have a situation like that. You want to take care of yourself and your contracts. Have you got to word it? Um, you know, make sure you do that. But if you are able to just say, look, here's the money. I, I don't think this is a right fit for us. Giving the money back and keep it rolling. Sometimes good money, all money is not good money. And sometimes we don't need that drama or that headache to go with you. Gotta have you got to have yeah. self-care with that. And that's part of self-care. Hello. Yeah. I love that on um, the practical. Oh, I think ahead. that I like that, I'm sorry. Yeah, I like that pra- practical way um that you explained that, Sasha. I will also say, um, just know your worth. Mm. <laughs> just just know your worth. And before, you know, each contract or each partnership, collaboration, um, relationship that you enter into, just make sure that you just out front set those boundaries, have those conversations. This is who I am. This is what I bring it to the table. This is what will not happen. This is what I will not allow to happen. Um, And just, just be upfront with it, but all just having your worth and just the integrity of who you are and protecting the integrity of who you are as well. Just having that lead the forefront of those 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 business dealings, if you will. That's what I would do beforehand. <laughs> there you go. So set boundaries, set boundaries from the very beginning, and that's going to set the pace for how this thing is going to ride out, right? So mm-hmm. important to have your paperwork to, together, but that's the business side of the music business. You have to yeah. deal with the business and it's an important aspect of it because it's going to determine how all of these things are going to going to play out. So very, very good advice, guys. Can I answer that, can I answer that also? Yeah, Randy? yeah, get Do in there. Time? Do we have time? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Do yeah, we have time? I, I want, yeah. Yes. Okay, okay, excellent. So uh, one thing I'd say to that is see it for what it's worth. So one of the most difficult deals I ever had, I realized that it was to make me better. Like it was really mm-hmm. challenging, but I realized it was to make me better. So, you know, one of the four agreements is to not th- take things personal. And so you realize that if someone is doing something or thinking that you should be doing something differently or just really giving you a hard time, what I've been taught is to mind the lesson there. Okay, what am I, what am I supposed to learn here? What is this person here to teach me? Uh, what does this person see in me that I don't see in myself? You know, what, 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 are they, what are they looking for? And then basically learning from that and allowing it to, to make me better. You know, uh, because, yeah, one of the worst, I don't want to say worst, but it was one of the hardest deals that I had. But it ended up basically allowing me to do what I do now uh, because I did that deal and it was successful and it proved to be like an amazing thing that validated everything I stand for now. So if I couldn't have made it through that deal, I wouldn't have made it to the finish line. I would have just every time been just like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do it anymore. I mean, I was doing meditation and everything before these meetings. You know, I was having to get prayed up and everything just to go into these meetings, you know. But the truth is they were there to make me a better person. And I am a better person because of it. So so sometimes just look at it as not as necessarily adversary, but, you know, as an advocate for you that's actually just trying to make you a better person or get something out of you that maybe you don't see that. That needs to be dealt with. Oh, man, you guys are giving us so much, so much information, but it's so Mm -hmm. helpful and it's so valuable to our listeners today. So I appreciate you guys so much for doing this. I think we got about five minutes left. So I'm going to squeeze in this question real fast. I don't see any other questions from our from our audience. So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, What is one key lesson you've learned along your journey? that you would share with your younger self? I would say. (laughs) I love the response. I love the response. I would say, and I'm going to try to make this fast, is believe in yourself 
don't shrink back, take those opportunities and go and don't waste time with it. You know, times is always going by, you know, don't allow your comfort zone to limit you. Trust me, I've been there, done that. Yes. I would tell my younger self that because there's so much that's waiting for you that you don't have to wait so far down the line to get there. Do it at that moment when it's coming to you and just watch all the success come from there. Mm. For me, I have to, I got to turn the table and I often do this. I always ask, what would my younger self say to me now at 33 years old? What have I lost in my adolescent years, in my childhood, when I initially just wanted to sing, when I was walking around with the remote, you know, singing Fred Hammond and everybody else around the house with my grandma on a Sunday? Like, what did I lose as a child and as a teenager that I actually need to bring back in my adulthood? Mm -hmm. My bravery, Mm -hmm. my courage, the love of just the art, the love of just the music, um, the desire to just to just be and just live in the art, to just be and and live in the music. I think those conversations and sometimes those self-evaluation moments that you may have to look back in yesteryear, yesterdecades, go back to that 15-year-old self, go back to that five-year-old self and figure out and redefine what had happened, (laughs) you know, and what did you lose? I think sometimes it can help re-strengthen you, you know, and help you persevere more. Um, to a degree as you move further in the trajectory of your career. Mm-hmm. So I always like to look at it from, the, op- from yeah, the reverse. Flip it. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Yes, that's so beautiful. Vince, you nailed it. That's that's <laughs> it all day. Because I think I think in order to be truly successful, you have to you have to, you know, you have to really deal with the inner child. You know, if you don't, I don't think you're really going to be, you're going to have a little child that's going to just be steering you off the path every time. They're going to be making all the little child decisions. You're like, why am I acting out? You don't even know what it is, but it's that little child that never got set down and told, hey, I'm sorry. You know, like I wasn't, you. I didn't put you first, you know? And I think that for me is that is, that's what I would tell the little dude. Like, yo, bro, put yourself first. You know, it's okay. You know, it's okay. Like, you got this, you know, because when you look back and realize all of those mistakes led to your successes, you're like, bro, you know, all of those concessions that you made along the way that you thought would have added to your success turned out to not be things that pushed you forward. They were things that you had to like pull yourself up from because you lowered yourself. And so, yeah, I would just tell myself, look, hey, yo, it's all good. You got this. You know, I'm sorry. (laughs) I tell myself, don't give up. And know, know that God got you, no mm-hmm. matter what. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's beautiful. Put yourself first. And it's and it's not selfish and, oh, you don't need to be doing that. No, put give yourself that care. Mm-hmm. And that's why mental health is such an important thing. Self-care is such an important thing. And it's a part of conversation now because we weren't doing enough to really nurture and take care of that side of ourselves and make sure, are we really good? Or are we just going through the motions? You're not good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's stop. Cause this, we're not, we're not good. Right. And not having those real conversations. Ooh. Or, or, am I spitting, am I spitting something? You, um, that is so real. I, I'm it's so true. sorry. I, I can't, I'm, I'm not trying to cut you off, but man, we have to stop existing existing and also celebrating mediocrity in your existence 
Like, like you, like you said, like um, Sydney said, putting yourself first, like knowing if you believe the best, then be the best. Show that you are the best. Put, like, put your best foot forward in all capacities and all facets. And in that, mm -hmm. stop existing and thinking that mediocrity is okay mm -hmm. because it's not. Because sometimes the art and the execution that you see these days is like, did you just wake up yesterday and decide? To, really? You know, <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, and I know it's not the best that it could be. So. I'm sorry. You just touched the spot right there. Thank you. No, that's totally fine. That's totally fine. That's exactly what this conversation is about. We're having a real dialogue here. And, yeah. you know, and in this conversation, it reminds me of what service I attended. And, and the pastor talked about this thoroughly, but he said something that just stuck out to me. And that was, you know, you were brought here to be a light. Why are you going in the darkness mm -hmm. and diminishing yourself and, and lowering your light? Be bright. You're meant to shine. You're meant to be bold. You're meant to be this. That's why you're here. That's why you show up the way you do. And you, yes. that's why people notice those efforts. They notice what they notice that just that thing about you that attracts people to you. They gravitate towards you. You are a light. Why are you diminishing that light? It's meant to 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 be bold. It's meant to grow. And yes. guess what? That light that you have guess what they're going to, somebody else is going to see that and they're going to get that light. And now you just allowed that light to continue to grow in other people because they saw you own your light. Right. And I thought that was beautiful. I thought that was beautiful. Absolutely. And I feel like that is something that we have not really, really talked about. And when we talk about self-care and we talk about our mental health and we talk about self, it's okay. Yesteryear was, oh, well, you can't just be thinking about yourself. I absolutely will. And myself <laughs> said, I need to sit down because mm -hmm. my <laughs> right myself said, I, I'm stressed and I got to sit down or my, mm -hmm. myself, I don't have the bandwidth. I don't have it for you today, but I, I'll be back at it tomorrow. Yeah. And it's okay. Put that mm -hmm. pause wherever mm -hmm. you need it in your life, but it is okay to do that. Yeah. And you be supported in that because we have to, we have to take care. You have to take care of you. I think that's yeah. the biggest takeaway. You have to mm -hmm. take care of you. Can't pour from an empty cup. You don't have nothing mm -hmm. to give. It's going to show. It's going to. Yeah. And, and it's no one else's responsibility. It's no, no one, one else's mm -hmm. responsibility to take yep. care of you. Yeah. Yep. And you have to prioritize that. You know, prioritize the self-care, knowing your capacity and setting those boundaries is all part of self-care. And then, you know, a lot of things that you just mentioned about even, you know, being that light to shine, you got to get rid of the fear. You got to get rid of the procrastination, all of the, the lack of confidence and everything that's there that limits you. And, yeah. and you're not showing yourself enough love to say you can be everything that you've already been purposed here to do and that's to good. be. You know, and, and that's the biggest part of it, too. So I, I just love all that. I just had to get that in. <laughs> and, and, and Brandy, now I have an answer to the question prior to this about the entrepreneurial, you know, aspect yes. in, the, in that. Um, of course, we know being an entrepreneur, it's hard work. You know, you mm -hmm. want to make sure you have your business side, get the LLCs, um, be strategic in the calendar. I know for me, I have a lot of things. Like I said, not only am I an artist and event host, I have a cheesecake business, I have a photography business. So I literally have to fraction out, okay, cheesecakes are more so holiday season. So from late September to you know, early February is going to be that big point. When it comes to spring and summertime, nobody's eating cheesecakes and I can do more photography. And then I'll let Vince Ashton, the artist and the um the event host sort of 
trinkled through the entire year. So that's how I operate my business model. However, what I will say in the midst of your business model to tie everything that we just talked about right now, uh, <laughs> a phrase that I will coin is invest in rest. In the midst of your business model, in the midst, in the midst of the machine of life, in the midst of the machine of the industry, take some time out for yourself. Take that flight, <laughs> rent that car, whatever you have to do. Frontier Airlines got that five hundred nine, what five ninety nine special? Go anywhere in the country. I'm a Delta guy, but I don't know if that's your ministry. Then that's for you. I'm just putting it out there. The opportunity is available, but at the end of the day, sometimes, like Sasha said, you need to sit your butt down. Yeah, because at the end of the day, like I said earlier, you got to protect the integrity of what you do, which is an artist. And if you can't run on fumes, you have to take that time out and pour back into yourself because you're constantly pouring. You're writing, you're being transparent, you're being vulnerable, you're putting events together, you're in constant conversations, Zoom calls, meetings, da 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 da. Okay, so when are you going to sit your tail down? and feed yourself so that you can persevere and move forward. But the only way to do that is when you are disciplined in investing in rest. And I'm done. (laughs) You don't sit down. Your body's going to sit you down for you. Mm. And that's, Mm. and that's true. That's true health perspective right there is your body will let you know. Oh, so since you're not getting the hints, it's yeah. done. I'm shutting you down. It's and, done. and you know, and it can be worse. If you can have worse situations, Vince, you're laughing, but it's true. It's you know, you got the hints, the headaches, the, the tire, the fatigue, all of those different things that come with it. And then eventually, if you don't do something about it, your body is going to shut you down and you're going to have bigger issues. Deal with it now. Take your rest. Yeah. Put that email on pause. They'll be okay. They'll be- I promise you. They're going to be all right. they will be okay take your time and get back to it and gerard you're back there too (laughs) i feel like we're spitting so we're spitting some real stuff here but it's it's so important and i think this is i'm glad that we included this portion in here and i know we're a couple minutes out i hope i'm not uh impeding on anybody's time additionally i'm so sorry i feel like this is such an important part of this discussion because not from not only from the entrepreneurial side of things, but the creative, because this is about the music industry, right? And entertainment. And as a creative, we're constantly being sucked dry, is what I'm thinking. Absorb of all of our creativity, all of our words, our music, our thoughts, and things like that. That's constantly, that's what our day is. It's constantly giving, 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 giving. When do you have that time set aside to pour back into yourself? Like Vince said, that's an important thing. When do you have time to make time? Mm. You can't continue to just pumping them out. You're not a robot. We're human. You can't just continue pumping them out and you're not pouring back into yourself and re-energizing yourself to be the best that you can be. Eventually it's going to stop either through writer's block or like we said before, where your body shut down because it's it's coming, but you have to take that time for yourself and you have to prioritize it, make it a point like, no, I've got to take that time because you yep. need that. And if you're going to get better, you have to set that time aside for yourself. Yes. You can't be efficient. You can't be effective. And as an artist, it'll show in your performance. You know, how many times we've seen artists out here on stage and they collapse and then everything collapse, you know, for all kinds of reasons, but, you know, health reasons, because they're doing too much. They're going, they're going and going, you know, you have to make sure you take that time. Definitely. Well, 
Guys, this was such a great discussion. I feel like I could talk to you guys all day. I wish we could do this longer. Maybe we come back for a part two. I'm just saying, I'm putting it out there. Love to talk to you guys again because there's so much we can unpack in this, but this was such a good conversation. So needed. And I feel like with our audience here, there's so many great gems and so much advice and insight that you shared that is so valuable. And I know that they're going to appreciate it. They do appreciate it. And it's going to help benefit somebody that's sitting there on the computer now thinking, man, what do I do next? Do I let me build my tribe or maybe get my mindset right? But we've given them in this conversation, those bullets and those steps and given them those ideas to put that put that into their mind of this is where I can at least start. And I feel like that that's volumes. That's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So mm-hmm. I want to thank you guys so much for being a part of this. I want to give you just, I know we only got like, well, we're at overtime now, but I want you guys to plug yourselves. Please let us know where can we get in contact with you? Our audience members, where can they get in contact with you, reach you, social media, website, what you have going on? Just tell us really quickly. I'll go first. <laughs> so you can follow me on Instagram. I'm on all social medias. I just give you all Instagram. So I'm that girl, Sash, S-A-C-H. Follow me. Um, you can always go to my website, www.swimgtgroup.com. All my other socials are there everywhere. My events, wherever I'm going to be, who I'm speaking with, all that stuff, you know, just linked up with me and let's get some work done. Well, my name is Laura Goldie. You guys can follow me everywhere. Laura Goldie 615. Uh, definitely got a bunch of events coming up in the city. We throw ciphers. We put on R&B shows. We put, we put on Throwback 2000 shows. We do a little bit of everything. So if y'all in the city in Nashville, just send me a DM. Uh, you can send me an email on Instagram if you need to. Just get at me. You know what I'm saying? We work. We do a lot of stuff. <laughs> just uh, holler at me whenever. Nice. Yeah. Um, Vince Ashton, just like Sasha, I'm primarily on Instagram. Um, the most, I'm on TikTok and Facebook and all the rest of those things. But my IG is at Vince Ashton. That's V-I-N-C-E-A-S-H-T-O-N. And also February 24th, I am releasing three singles. Very excited. So stay tuned to the IG. I'm actually dropping the artwork tonight. So um, little blah, 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 world premiere, if you will. So yeah, that's going on. Um, yeah, Vince Ashton on everything. <laughs> yes yes all uh, right well, uh, learning be is 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 our thing so anywhere learning be you'll find me uh learn mbe so learningbe.com instagram at learning be everything is learning be and i'm there if you're looking for me individually the sydney eugene instagram as well looks like that's what we are but uh, learning be is is what i'm all about it's a, a community of creatives that are just set on doing things differently and empowering each other from the base so it's really remarkable check us out i think you'll like it thank you so much and gerard do you want to jump in here just really quickly too Yes, all right. I had to take myself off a mute. Uh, I was just so (laughs) enthralled by that entire conversation. And I want to thank you all for joining us and sharing your perspective. So valuable, just world-class insights. Um, 
Like I said, Gerard Longo, I'm the founder and CEO of Underground Music Collective. You can learn all about us at undergroundmusiccollective.com. That's our central hub. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube. Clips of this will be on YouTube. They'll be making their way there. So much valuable insight. And again, I just want to say one more time, if you want to support what we do here at Underground Music Collective, you have an opportunity to do that. If you go visit the Arts and Business Council website, I just displayed the graphic up there, abcnashville.org, slash donations, slash UMC. It's tax deductible for you, and it helps us put on more valuable panels like this. So again, ABC Nashville, we're fiscally sponsored, tax deductible donations. And if you want to learn more about everything we're doing at UMC, 